Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the ESG Fitness Podcast. This is a live from the free group that we are running this week and we answer lots of questions and have lots of laughs. I hope you enjoy. Live. Okay, we are live. Hello everyone, how are we? <laughs> Why are you an old woman today? <laughs> I'm an old woman every day. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, right. That makes sense. How yeah. was your weekend? It was good. So I was doing an antenatal class on Zoom and it was 10 till 4 Saturday on and Sunday. Um, And yeah, it was a, it was a long <laughs> day. Um, oh shit. I was going to go and get our... We had to make a baby out of a towel so that we could practice putting a nappy on it. Can I go and quickly yeah, get yeah, it? Yeah, go and get it. it. Because it's wait, I just want to check that we're live in the right group because you know that happens a lot to me. Oh, we are okay. I can see myself. The group's so cute as well. My, I think my favorite comment so far is Denise. This morning, for the first time, I felt like I was not doing this alone. That's what it's all about. I'm gonna get up the questions from. Oh no, I had them and now I've lost them. Wait, is this the baby? <laughs> wait what is that a towel right so th- this is a towel right that's impressive and... actually yes paul made it i was actually so impressed <laughs> um and why is oh is that like okay i was gonna say why have you got such a small rugby top but is that for the baby <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is paul's wow <laughs> um yeah that was my weekend and if you if you don't know me I'm 30 hello I'm Shona I'm 34 weeks pregnant um and one of the coaches on commit to six I will not be checking getting any check-ins from anyone and then you're staying for committed right yeah I'm staying I'm actually going to be in the Facebook group like I'm probably going to be quite bored so I'll be probably (laughs) more active in the Facebook group than I normally would be um but still very excited nonetheless nonetheless okay so we've got a couple of questions here a couple of people just excited i was nervous about doing the morning routine but absolutely loved it and it gave me an extra kick this morning okay hi i'm having a mastectomy oh sorry i'm having a hysterectomy slightly different don't get those two things confused um on the 18th and i've researched a little bit regarding getting back to training once i've recovered i'm on maintenance calories now after losing four and a half stone I train four days a week and I hit 10 to 15,000 steps a day. I've just recently retired and I'm now wondering if I should cut my calories down to fat losing. Down to fat losing. I don't know what that means exactly, but I'm on 1900 at the moment and fat losing. <laughs> <laughs> on the calculator, you have kindly let us use suggest that I should be on 1550. I'm definitely going to need around three to four weeks before I'm properly mobile again so I won't be burning half as much as what I would have been had I been active before the operation. I'm worried about losing the muscle that I've grown but the ops needs to happen so I have to make some I so it would be good to have some guidance on recovery calorie consumption. Hopefully that makes sense. Okay yeah I think I get it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically she's she's still recovering and not allowed to go back to exercise just yet. She's not she wants... she's having a hysterectomy on the eighteenth. Oh right, okay, okay. 
What's the date? Okay, in eight in eight days. In eight days, right? And then how to get back? I mean, she you talk about fat loss here, but I don't know if fat loss is actually your goal. Um. And so obviously your expenditure will be down slightly, but my my big thing here is like three to four weeks in the grand scheme of things isn't a very long time. Your body's already under a lot of pressure. Like hysterectomy is a big operation. Not only your body, but like physically and mentally that takes a lot out of you. Do you really want to add the a- a- extra pressure of like fat loss on top of that and now you might decide that you do and actually it's not that big an extra pressure for you and you don't mind eating a little bit less and you do want to do that I would still err on the side of a much smaller deficit than usual partly because it's going to have to primarily come from your diet and partly because you need calories and energy to recover optimally from surgery so in an ideal world I'd probably have you sitting around maintenance your maintenance might be lower than it is now so if I'm getting this right, your maintenance is about 1900 at the moment. If you're not moving as much, it will obviously drop slightly. So that's mm-hmm. one thing to consider. But yeah, I, I would I would just try and see the bigger picture of it. Like it's three to four weeks. I think you would be better looking after yourself, not putting extra pressure on yourself and getting better. And then if you want to lose some fat after that, great now that you're more active and getting back into exercise that's probably a better time to do it yeah I totally agree like now is the time to 100% be looking after yourself and you don't want to add on any extra stress um and I assume that after a hysterectomy you probably want to stay off your feet for a while um so yeah that you're gonna like don't worry about getting steps in or in like that like I think now is the time to be focusing on good nutritional habits so what you could do is try and get your your protein in and try and get six portions of fruit and veg and and hit your maintenance calories and those could be your three non-negotiables if you still want something to like focus on and work towards yeah as well as your morning routine your daily gratitude etc etc what's quite interesting is that more and more now they see and i don't know the exact like protocol post hysterectomy so please don't like quote me on this but after surgery they just get people up and out they're like get up walking around doing stuff Mm. like I think the idea used to be you know you should stay in bed like I remember after my back he was like right let's go for a walk I was like (laughs) all right but yeah yeah, they get you and obviously every surgery is different however Mm -hmm. like I have noticed that with clients and things recently they've been like oh no the surgeon's like obviously not overdoing it but also not staying in bed for too long because I think there are so many problems that come with inactivity and now I know you've said you've taken early retirement but that's a huge thing is like inactivity as you age so if you have an operation and I don't know you're over 50 and it means you lose a bit of muscle mass because you're inactive for a while after your operation like that can be very hard to then get back and like later mm-hmm. on in life that can cause more and more problems and yeah you're just less able to get back on your feet and be self-sufficient again so I think they're becoming more and more aware of that and how important it is to quickly get back on your feet yeah yeah I agree but I don't think you should be thinking I need to get oh, 12,000 no, no, no. steps in yeah <laughs> no not to the extent of like counting your steps I just mean yeah 
I think previously it was like stay in bed for two weeks and now they're like that's literally the worst thing you can do yeah I can't imagine any situation where that would be obviously if you've had like like both legs uh, you've had surgery on both legs yeah you need to stay in bed but I can't imagine like how that would make anyone feel better well when my back was really bad I was speaking to my grandma about it she's like I had a bad back once and I had to she was put in a brace for six weeks Oh, well, and like part of me is like mm, a slight exaggeration there I don't know maybe maybe there was like a little bit of exaggeration but she told me that she just had to be in bed in a brace oh my god like, that's literally now they're like that is the worst thing you can possibly do yeah yeah I'm just thinking about um Charlie and the chocolate factory and the four grandparents just being in the bed all the time how and, like... gross is that if you think about that it's so sick <laughs> four people in one bed and also like two you've got like two sets of feet next to your face also they were really poor so it's not like it was going to be like a massive bed must have been like a single bed (laughs) oh how strange yeah so basically don't be um charlie's grandparents yeah take your inspiration from there (laughs) okay next question emma your advice on falling off the wagon for a week or so not major damage maybe three to five pounds how to re-motivate yourself and make sure that this doesn't keep happening every few weeks i'm not in a bad i'm not in bad shape but never seem to get the elusive target goal Mm, elusive i wonder if this is because i'm not overweight so it isn't the goal isn't big enough and then she says, I actually just listened to the podcast that's uh, about not giving up. And that's a very good answer. But I think there's some things we can delve into here. Yeah, definitely. Um, something that me and Emma actually, like, we were being psychic with each other. And um, that we both had this, like, thought this week. Is that sometimes having a goal can get in the way. Especially when you're like oh but my goal isn't meaningful enough to me like I don't like the goal isn't like lighting my fire and getting me excited enough and some people are like well I can't I can't then progress or do anything until I've got this like amazing massive goal and I think that that can really get in the way for some people um so for for someone like yourself it's more like just ingraining those habits and thinking about like why 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 are we all exercising why are we all eating well for longevity for health um for all that good stuff well i mean the whole point of the group right to feel good feel yeah feel good yeah like that's the whole point And, and you're right i think that goals it's almost one of the social norms that should die is that like you need to have a goal i get asked this all the time in the gym like what's your goal at the moment right like I just like exercise there doesn't need to always be a specific purpose to it and I think it can drain the joy out of it a little bit and and when you're saying like this elusive goal I think that's often because you haven't actually defined a goal we've spoken about this before but I had a big chat with a client once who was like just not really happy that I'm not making the progress that I want and I was like okay well what what progress do you want yeah well you know like basically like not what I have now but I don't really know what it is 
that I want. And like, if you have this elusive goal, as you've said, like that's a perfect way to describe it. You'll never meet it because it isn't tangible. Like you don't really know what it is. You're like, I want something and it's not what I have now, but I don't know what it is. And I'm annoyed that I'm not getting it. And you're like, well, yeah. what Like, what do you expect from that? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think part of it, I mean, you could look at this in two ways. Either allowing yourself not to have a goal, especially maybe not like in that specific direction or a physique goal at the moment. That's absolutely fine. Or making your goal more concrete so you actually know that you're moving towards it. Because if you do want to see progress, then you kind of need to know what direction you're going in and, and what the end goal is there. So I guess those are quite opposite, but either of those things could work. Uh, and then I get mm. like, I think aligning your values with that as well. Cause often one of the reasons why you're not sticking to your goals is because it isn't really deep down what you want. And again, we, we spoke about this with the social norms and things like, it, is this just what society is telling you you want? Like you, all women should be skinny or if you're going to the gym and dieting, then surely weight loss is your goal. When actually maybe that doesn't really align with what you want at the moment or your values or what you want to get out of the program that you're on. So those are some considerations and it will come from you. Just do a bit of like writing down, like, yeah, write down how you're feeling and and where you actually want to be. And then something I heard recently and I can't remember where I heard it from now, but it was basically saying, ask yourself why three times. And normally that gets to like the actual crux of what's going on. So like, why do I want to lose weight? But then like, okay, well, I want to look a certain way. Why do you want to look that certain way? Oh, because then so-and-so will fancy me. Why do you want them to fancy me? Oh, because then I'll feel more confident in myself if other people desire me. Like, keep like pushing down into, oh, that was deep. (laughs) (laughs) And then you're like, why? Why do I pin my validation on someone else's um, approval of my body? Yeah, and then you need therapy. Yeah, um, and then yeah. as all Shona's clients find. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, I, I think you're so right. I love that. Why, why, why? That's a really good way. Like become a four year old. Mm. But why? <laughs> why? That just reminded me. What's that <laughs> little ginger girl again? What, what is, is it? it? <laughs> yeah, yep. ask yourself what is it three times, and then <laughs> probably you'll figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Morning, Emma. Firstly, a huge thank you for this group and access to your fantastic experience and training. I have a quick question, Re steps. I run four times a week. On those days, should I include or exclude the steps from my runs when I'm trying to get my 10,000 step target? I would include them. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Still energy expenditure, isn't it? 100%, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Even though people are like... It's not neat though. It's not non-exercise, oh. is it? Oh, if it's planned. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, if you wanted to do more steps, you could. Yeah, you it's might find up to on you. those days that you naturally do more steps. Yeah. And um, what's your thoughts on this? I had this discussion with a client. So she was doing one of these like one mile a day run things. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they run a mile a day for a month. And she found it really hard to stick to um, her calories that month because she was so hungry for the full month because she was like running. It was quite a lot for her. Um, And she tried, so after she did the month, she took a whole week off running and just got the same amount of steps, same amount of steps, 
because she wasn't running, but it was way easier for her to stick to her calories because she wasn't as hungry. So I was like, let's see if let's see if we can like try that for a while. Let's reduce the amount of running because I I don't think that running a mile a day for a month. Um, I think everyone needs a rest in there somewhere. Um, but yeah, I think like if if you're thinking that you need to run basically to get your steps in, I don't necessarily think that's the case. Like you're, it's not that you are like working harder. Well, yeah, technically you are, but twelve thousand steps walking versus twelve thousand steps running is not really going to have that much difference in the long run. And it might be that the the payoff is that you're less hungry and you find it easier to stick to your calories. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I, do you know what's quite surprising? And I, I mean, there's evidence for and against this, but there's quite solid evidence that exercise doesn't really increase appetite and actually might reduce appetite. Mm-hmm. There's a, I would, because I was literally just looking at this. There's a review, so it's normally a pretty solid place to look, and. Mm. The review is on acute and chronic effects of exercise on appetite, energy intake, and appetite-regulated hormones. So mm-hmm. the they conclude that exercise facilitates weight control partly through effects on appetite regulation. Single bouts of exercise induce short-term energy def- a short-term energy deficit without stimulating compensatory effects on appetite. Whilst limited evidence suggests that exercise training may modify subjective and homeostatic mediators of appetite in the directions associated with enhanced meal-induced satiety. Right, so both of those things, that's basically saying short-term exercise allows you to create a deficit without a compensatory increase in your hunger levels to account for that deficit. And then long-term exercise may enhance how full you feel after a meal. But what's quite, I mean, like, great, except that isn't really what I've experienced with myself or clients. And it doesn't make much sense, like, on, even on, like, an evolutionary basis, like, oh, right, so when we move more, we're stimulated to eat less. Does that make any sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I can understand why our appetite is reduced during exercise, because the blood's going to your working muscles and you don't really want to have to use some of that digesting food at the same time like that just makes you feel unwell Mm -hmm. that makes sense to me but it should stimulate more energy intake afterwards and I think we see it all the time I think the prime example of people I see it in is people who do an excessive amount of like gym classes like Les Mills type classes who are burning a lot of calories but they quite clearly have a very big increase in hunger alongside that which makes it extremely hard for them to actually stick to a diet And then they're stuck in this like, oh my God, I can't reduce my expenditure because then I won't be in a deficit anymore. And actually, if they did reduce their expenditure, that would be much easier to stay in a deficit. So yeah, I think you're on to something. But I just thought that was quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. confusing. Um, Tom has just said, I get a bit skeptical of studies that ask people to assess their own hunger levels. So much room for bias. That's quite a good point. Yeah, but it's yeah. controlled, so there'd be bias right. on both sides, you know. Okay, okay, yeah. So, but I, it's, it is a good point, but this also looks at ghrelin levels. Oh, right, okay. Which, okay. again, can come down to how you think mm-hmm. as well, because, you know, the 
my favorite study, which is like the milkshake study where you're given, you know, the, the same people are given two different milkshakes, sorry, the same milkshake on two different occasions, but told that one has is really calorie dense and indulgent and the other one is a slim fast shake or something like that. Right. And because of what you're told, your ghrelin levels, which are, um, which is a hormone related to your hunger, stimulates hunger before a meal, are reduced more after you think you've had something indulgent even though the calories are exactly the same and wow. that's not something that you can control like by choice that's like a physiological response so it's not just oh I think I'm less hungry because I've been told that I've eaten something highly calorie dense it's you're physiologically less hungry mm-hmm. yeah that's really interesting but yeah again it's like one of these ones that doesn't really translate to real life and common sense and as a coach but it's interesting nonetheless isn't it yeah although I think it's useful because I do think I mean Tom's on something here that it can be a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy you're like oh I went for a run this morning oh god I'm so hungry because you're expecting to be so hungry yeah yeah whereas actually if you just sometimes being shown the evidence that (laughs) the exact opposite is true a lot of the time Uh uh-huh might kind of like make you think oh actually maybe maybe I'm not that hungry yep agreed agreed um oh Jodine Bibby that's a great name is saying that she had an emergency c-section and they tried to make her walk around the day after wow well I think personally I think that's fine yeah you need well I mean it's exactly the same so Rebecca said before that when I was recovering from a collapsed lung they encouraged light exercise as long as a muscle it can get lazy and actually working in slightly was more beneficial um yeah no I I think you want to get the blood flow and you want to get um uh yeah I don't think you want like there's a risk of like blood clots as well if you're like staying still um and yeah uh, c-section you want to get everything flowing down there i think if you'd had did like... you know that after the podcast we did uh quite a lot of people told me about their shaving experiences oh yeah so, did, so, so did... <laughs> yeah right so if you've not heard um the last podcast about social norms we discussed at length <laughs> at length um how much you would need to or like you would have to shave your pubes before a C-section. Anyway, the best bit of that was uh, you thinking that it was like a, a slice. No, like... right. I've got, I have good evidence for this. Uh-huh. Because apparently... That was your mum. Well, not just my mum, but apparently like older people. Mm-hmm. Obviously my mum's not old, but you know, an older generation. Um, They did have higher C-sections. So there right yeah okay uh, daisy may has just said as a midwife it's completely routine to get you up and about prevents dvt i thought she was gonna say it's completely routine to shave your pubes <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the first things we get taught in midwifery <laughs> Wiffery. <laughs> Wiffery is a great word Wiffery. Prevents DVT, promotes wound healing. Daisy May, can you answer this question for me right now? I'm trying to decide which hospital to give birth in. Should I go for a doctor-led unit or a midwife-led unit? 
Thanks. If you could just comment below. Anyway, next I would, question. I think it would be like the same as um, <clears throat> when you always want like a nurse to take your blood because they do it more often. Uh-huh. Like a midwife, that's like their whole thing. I agree. I agree. And also the mid- midwife-led unit um, is in Paisley and it's like, like dimmed lights and birthing balls and pools and apparently it's just like a really nice environment um and there's less interventions oh, as well midwife led 100 percent. okay daisy me i am changing my hospital <laughs> straight after this live <laughs> great okay uh next question thoughts on aggressive dieting <laughs> is that when you eat your celery sticks like this <laughs> Um, I don't think we're a fan of for general for general population. I don't think we're a fan of aggressive dieting. But Emma, no doubt, will have like studies on how like spells of aggressive dieting is beneficial. And I'm sure Emma also uh, enjoys an aggressive diet every so often. I do um, enjoy an aggressive diet. I I think from a physiological perspective like kind of fine depends how you want to do it like that side of it is not a problem really Mm -hmm. from a behavioral perspective yeah massive issues like I would never suggest it to 99.9% of my clients and actually given our client base no 100% no like that's basically what they've been trying to do on their own and why it doesn't work because they're like oh I just stick to a thousand calories and then inevitably you've over restricted and you overindulge and it's not working for you like that however some people can do that it's not that you won't yeah it's not that like you won't lose fat on a very low calorie diet you absolutely will if you can adhere to it but what it tends to cause is binge restrict cycles or poor relationships with food um poor training performance like there's there's so many negatives to it but on a behavioral from a behavioral side it just really doesn't work uh, especially not if you've struggled basically at all. I would even say like, I mean, definitely not if you've struggled with like an eating disorder before, but equally just if you've just struggled with dieting before, like it's not a good approach. Most people have tried very restrictive diets and it tends not to work. And what actually takes a hell of a lot longer is trying all these diets, having the rebound effect of them all, and then trying again. And you're doing it because you're impatient that actually you'll get yeah. to your end goal much quicker if you just stick to something that's realistic for you and you can stick to long term. So that's the whole paradox of dieting and impatience is that you think you're speeding up the process by dropping calories really low, but actually you're making it far longer and more painful than it needs to be. And also I guess the whole approach then is like you've got this mindset that for the next X weeks, you're going to stick to this really restrictive diet and you're, you're going to put the rest of your life on hold. Mm. And then even if that does work, at the end of that, you need to now figure out how to maintain that. So you've kind of got two dieting phases, like the phase where you restrict the rest of your life and focus primarily on diet. And then you've got the phase where you need to then integrate that into your life. Now, you could have started doing that at the start. And then like during the six weeks that you're losing fat, for example, or maybe it's 12 weeks or maybe it's a couple of months or maybe it's half a year, depending on how much you've got to lose. You're still living your life like your life isn't on pause because you're doing this. We want you to live your best life while you're also getting closer to your goals. That's the whole emphasis of the program. 
Mm. Totally agree. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I was going to say it's, it's impatience. And it kind of like, we are so against that sort of all or nothing mindset, that um, perfectionist mindset. And if you need, if you are going to go for a really low calorie, restrictive, um, aggressive diet, then you're going to have to implement that, that like really perfectionist mindset. And it, and it just sets you up for unhappiness and not feeling good, which is the whole point of the five days. And I have here the episode ESG Fitness Podcast, Impatience. It's episode 196. Put it in your diary, 196. We've got people that listen to that podcast every week. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, you must be really bored of my voice. But it's a really <laughs> important message. And I think it does yeah. help you get your head in the right space. Mm. Okay, Bish Bosh. That's someone's name. Bish Bosh. No. I wonder if that's her real name. I hope so. Morning. Morning, Bish Bosh. Um, And I hope she married into that (laughs) as well. (laughs) She was called Bish Bash. Bish Bosh. And then she married (laughs) Mr. Bosh. Uh, She says, I'm currently doing the EC method with you and Chloe. Is there much difference to that and commit to six so the main difference with commit to six is it's a smaller program so we limit the numbers and you get one-to-one coaching so commit to six is just a it very like most of the principles are the same because the principles are the same because they work well mm. um but yeah that's the primary difference is the one-to-one coaching and the relationship you build with your coach yeah and so Chloe's few- amazing. Chloe is amazing um, and she is like a celebrity, but you get local celebrities with um, Commit to Six. Andy is like a local Edinburgh celebrity and I'm pretty big deal in Glasgow. So I don't yeah. think I'm a big name in Dundee. I think I just... You're just like a low-key celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Can't lie. Smiling at myself in the mirror and saying po- the positive affirmation felt pretty damn good this morning. Oh. Yes. Did you Love do it? it? Yeah, of course I do it every morning. Oh do, you, do you actually find that smiling at, at yourself makes you smile? Yeah. Well, wait. Smiling at yourself makes you. Well, like, like as in like you'll start <laughs> smiling with like. <laughs> yeah, like it's an amazing concept, but you start smiling, like as a fake smile almost, like, and then, oh, do you know what else I noticed today in the gym? Wait, I'm gonna. Oh, I don't know where my mask is. But have you noticed that, like, when you smile now, like, if I see someone, instead of just like normally, I'd be like, now I'm like, because I want them to see that I'm smiling under my mask. Wait, now I wonder what would called? happen. Huh? That's called that's called smizing. What my my usual smile or my mask smile? No, so like when you smile with your eyes as well, you... it's called sorry. When you smile with your eyes as well, it's called smizing. Can you tell if I'm smiling or not? <laughs> what about now? <laughs> yeah, well, but I don't think, no, I think smizing, I think smiling with your eyes is, re- eyes? Eyes is required for an actual smile. Like, if you're not oh, yeah. smiling with your eyes, then it's fake. Like, you can't just go... <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't if it's a real smile it's with your eyes 
Yeah. <laughs> so, guys, when you look in the nice. mirror tomorrow, are you smiling with your eyes? When you tell yourself it's going to be a good day? Yeah. Okay. Love that. So, was there a question there? Or was that just like a comment? That was just on... an affirmation. It's a declaration love it. of love. Okay. Love it. I don't even know how to say this name. Shoban? Shona. Shoban? Wait, where is it spelled? S I O B H A N. Oh my God, have you never seen the name Siobhan before? Are you for real? Are you for real? Did you. I'm crying quite a lot now. Is that actually the name Siobhan? <laughs> right, what's the I always title? thought Siobhan would be like S H U V A N Siobhan. Siobhan. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right, so Siobhan. Someone said, I fell for that one before, but I think I learnt my mistake when I was 17. Well. Wait, what what did she fall for? The Siobhan. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay, so Siobhan, I'm not going to be able to stay on on committed after the commit six finishes, but I do want to come back in future when I have the finances. Could I sign up to commit six again for a second time or go straight to committed? Or is one-to-one a better option if I have a specific goal? Um, I think, like, I th- people people have done commit to six, like, a couple of times, haven't they? Like, yeah. some, people, some people love the buzz of starting commit to six. And then what you find happens is that people who are on committed love when there's a new intake of commit to six because there's that buzz in the facebook group like the facebook group is the one of the best parts about commit to six um so yeah you could come back and do commit six or you could come back and do committed or you could work with um me or andy or emma on a one-to-one basis although i know you're really busy right now emma so busy busy. busy. Um, and that would be like a more bespoke um, you would check in with us every week. You would also get your own training program, and it's all about you. So we I mean, call it's it entirely Team up- You. Team You. We join Team You. You don't join Team Us. Yeah, which yeah. I think is what a lot of PTs like promote, isn't it? Like, join ESG Fitness. Yeah, you're right. Like, do my you? team. Like, no, no, no. Yeah. We're on your team to get you results. And I think what's quite cool is that 
like our little group chat a lot of the time we'll just put in questions like if if i don't know something about for example anything to do with pregnancy i'm like chona one of my clients is pregnant what should i do with this like you've kind of as much as you're getting one-to-one coaching and you have your own individual coach it's pretty cool that you're getting like the input of three now four coaches absolutely okay so there you go okay next question becky Emma, your reopening of this group has got me back into the gym this morning. Upper body done, meals planned, steps will be done on the school run. Feeling good. Good work. Um, okay. Okay, some of these are just really nice messages, but I'm not going to read them. Uh-huh. <laughs> Katie Bryan. Being on a fat loss, quote unquote, journey... For the last approximately six months, I've dieted down from 90 kilograms to 60 kilograms. Wow. Wow. I'm in a very good place with my fitness, diet, and mindset. So thank you for that in the first place. My issue now is that I'm being tested for a potential kidney problem. I have a family history of it, but never showed it in myself until now. And I know that increased protein does cause kidney issues, but can... Oh, doesn't cause kidney issues, but can exacerbate kidney issues. Assuming my diet is why it's cropped up now, as I've probably never been consistent with a good level of protein before. Uh, while waiting for my results, should I reduce my protein? I usually hit 110 to 140 grams per day. Not wanting to overthink it too much, but are there is there any need to be aware of the protein and kidneys. Mm, I mean, I don't know what kidney problem that you have. And this is probably one of the only situations where we would be like, actually, you probably can't have too much protein here. Um, mm-hmm. It's certainly not like I wouldn't over worry about it in the sense of like, if we have to drop your protein down, it's not really a big deal. Like Hannah's just dropped hers quite significantly. She's eating about 70 grams a day now right and weighs about 60 kilograms as well i think so and she does absolutely brilliantly very strong runs 10k every day like you yeah so don't think oh my god if i have to drop protein that means i'm gonna lose all my muscle or that means i won't be able to maintain what i've done like you've done amazingly and you will be able to maintain it and it would be nice if you could just ask like i don't know if you can just call your doctor while you're waiting for results and be like should i reduce this now um but yeah we can help you do that and it's not it, I, I don't see it being a problem no okay becky strong what a great name thank you for opening this group i've been okay for four weeks with diet and training but i know i need to keep focused so this group will be great case in point woke up this morning feeling dreadful exhausted severe acid reflux core tight very little sleep but having this routine got me up and moving. I surprised myself with the push-ups and I did a full gym workout, feeling much better already. Amazing. Woo. Get yourself some Gaviscon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you see um, the... Karen's yeah. story. Yeah. Gaviscon looks disgusting. Like, I've see never if you had it. it out. Um, I have only just had to have it during pregnancy because, like, Obviously, your stomach acids are pushed up. Oh, yeah. Um, and you get, like, really horrible heartburn. Um, 
but Gavascon like is such a great product because it works instantly but it looks like sperm I do you know what when she did put the video up I was like <laughs> yeah because it's, it's slightly viscousy yeah. anyway okay so we've got to the end of the questions do you have anything else you would like um, Al- Alan, Alan's asked a question on the live. Do you see a difference between being healthy and having a healthy weight? That's a big question, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I guess a quite simple answer is being a healthy weight is part of being healthy. Mm-hmm. It's not the whole Maybe. picture, of course. No, no. But I think sometimes people use that like against it like oh yeah but you can still be a healthy weight and unhealthy and i'm like yeah like of course you can Mm. does it mean that that's not part of the picture it's like saying you can have great mental health but be physically unhealthy yeah you need both like you need all of it you need the holistic approach yeah it's a spectrum isn't it like you're you're hitting loads of different aspects of health there um it's just because it's quite an emotive issue like because you've got someone who is obese or overweight um or like as amelia says living in a larger body i really like i like that i don't think that's amelia's line i know it's not but she does say it yeah she does say it i noticed but do you think so sometimes i wonder like how people who are living in a larger larger body body. feel about that And, and again like this is one of the problems is that maybe they do but when even i'm saying like it's not they do as if everyone living in a larger body or who is obese like feels exactly the same about these words mm-hmm. i think that's part of the problem and i guess it's the same with like other issues about like i don't know how how you'd want to be referred to like transgender people how they would like yeah. to refer to like everyone's different so some people might be like it's patronizing as fuck to say that i'm living in a larger body like is, what yeah. does that even so I, I, it's hard because you don't know which language to use because you want you don't want to offend anyone. Uh-huh. Yeah, I I I always always think it is a little bit condescending because it's like um, it's almost like saying overweight or obese are, are bad words, and I don't yeah. think they are. No, it's just, like, no. Like, it's just a description. Like yeah, 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 um, yeah, uh, yeah. I suppose it's quite a simple answer to that question, Alan. Yeah. Do you want to delve? Unless you'd like to add, add a little bit of context, but yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Is there anything else that you'd like to discuss on, on the live today? I'm slightly embarrassed. <laughs> because you'd never seen or said the word Siobhan before. I just avoid words I can't say. Right, <laughs> I've, okay. I've been able to avoid it for 29 years. Um, can I just say... It's a no-brainer, not a no-brainer. Because Why, did I've I noticed... say brainier? Yeah, you did when? it twice. When talking, when talking about bringing Catherine on as a coach. Oh. <laughs> Do you know what? That, I, to be fair, that will be like some kind of autocorrect. Oh, right. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. I wouldn't actually say that word. No, I didn't think you would. No. I didn't think you would, but I did notice that you did it twice. Cause Do you know what? Else keeps autocorrecting on my phone. One, gay to fat. weird (laughs) i know and two which is less funny but just really annoying whenever you put .co.uk now it changes to uk as in like the uk and thus the link doesn't work yeah 
very annoying. That is really annoying. I think that autocorrecting gay to fat isn't as bad as as autocorrecting autocorrecting fat to gay. Why? What do you think? <laughs> Maybe like you're you're carrying a bit too much gay. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, that would be nice though. You should tone it down on the gay. <laughs> it might just make like, but things like that, I think potentially are useful. Like the way that we try and refer to store. You know, who I can't remember who commented, but they were like, "I'm storing a little bit of excess energy." Like, yeah, love it. Yeah, and then it kind of takes the emotion away because I think there is a lot of emotion wrapped up in the word fat and and people yeah. using it as like an adjective to something you are like i mm. am fat no you just have a bit of excess energy that you're looking to expend that yeah. that kind of takes the emotion away from it a little bit so it's more just a pragmatic thing mm-hmm. yeah agreed all right then well i'll let you get on with your day i'm glad that the cat didn't disturb us i'm really glad as well um i'll, I'll let you go remember we were talking about that in the okay, well, well i'll let you go <laughs> I'll let you get You're clearly on. very busy. Okay. <laughs> okay, and uh, we'll be back in the week uh, to just, you know, spread some positivity and joy. And if you were thinking of joining Commit to Six, then get yourself signed up at esgfitness.co.uk forward slash commit to six. And obviously, if you have any questions, fire away and I'll post another question thread up before the next live. Andy couldn't make it today because he's getting his hair cut. And I'm so glad that he's keeping it long. Yeah. What? what who was the guy he sent us? Uh, Bradley Cooper is the mm. picture that he's taking into the... Yeah, <laughs> he take it in and be like, like this. Do you know uh, when Paul was a student, he once brought in a picture of Ollie Moore's the hairdresser <laughs> and his friends found out and they still bring it up to this day. <laughs> I mean, Bradley Cooper's not as bad. No, he's not. No, Bradley Cooper is a babe. What do um, you think of Ollie? Is it Murs? Ollie Murs, Ollie Murs. What? Yeah, Murs. whatever. Murs. <laughs> In Scotland, it's Murs. I don't really. I don't really think. You don't often babe. think of him. Doesn't no, don't your mind. It didn't take no. up a lot of brain space for you. No, no, not yeah. really. How about you? How do you feel about him? I mean. On occasion, when I do ponder my thoughts on Ollie Murs, uh-huh. I I think I find him quite annoying. I think right, I, okay. uh, I've seen a few TikToks, and he just looks like trying a little bit too hard. Right. Okay. I, I hear you. And, He's and a like, bit, like stuff that's not that funny to his girlfriend. Like I don't know. No, we're not about we're not about that cheeky chappy life. We're about real talk hashtag real talk straight talk oh Um, someone saying they met ollie at a charity football match nice guy (laughs) nice guy me me and you sound like local radio djs right now (laughs) do you know what i feel like we are because this this one's just like oh we're just gonna do a live and just chat about stuff i don't think you've recorded this have you well, I mean, it is recorded. Oh, that's... I'm so glad because I think there's been some absolute... <laughs> What's that? Like... No, I'm, I'm doing, like, the little... Okay oh, right, thing. okay, yeah, sorry. I thought yeah. you were, like, pulling a chain. 
Right, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we we uh, covered that with Ollie Mo- Murs. Yeah, and um, hopefully you'll get to meet Andy if you haven't already met Andy. Andy um, is like a massive part of the Commit Six and obviously the lives as well. Um, as great as I am, uh, you'll get to meet Andy as well. And, and are you gonna and have also Catherine? Catherine. On, are you going to have Catherine on the lives too? Because obviously she's going to be yeah next intake it's as well. Going to be a full house. Um. <sighs> Someone said, uh, can you please dedicate the, the next song to <laughs> Shobin. Shobin. I'm sorry, but where did that... That is nothing like... Where is the... Is this a Gaelic thing? Right, okay, so Ollie spelt Siobhan wrong there. Uh, um, it's S I O B H A N. Yeah, but I mean that doesn't really make it any better, does it? Where's no. the V coming from? It must be a Scottish Irish thing, yeah. Uh huh. Mm. Do you know what's really upsetting? See when you um, you know how like when you go onto the Facebook page, and then you look at the live, but it's not moving. Yeah. Um, it is me holding <laughs> me holding my belly. Oh, I thought you were going to say your little weird baby thing. No, no, it's me, but like my head is tiny. My head is like a tiny pea and my belly is giant. Wait, like go and have a look. It's quite funny. Okay, I'll have a little lol later. Yeah, okay. Okay, bye guys. Obviously everyone's really busy, so bye. (laughs)